word of the Lord. And if you're visiting here today, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being with us. Um, not only on Thursdays do we have our Spanish midweek, but our young adults also meet on Thursdays. Thursday nights at 7, and then our youth meet Friday nights at 7 p.m. as well. And so we are thankful for everyone that is meeting and helping as a church. And we are going to be reading. I know I, originally I had given them Luke 8, but we're going to go ahead and go, Zoe, to Mark chapter number 5. It is, this is the same story, the same account, uh, but it is a different writer. So here we are going to Mark chapter number 5, Mark chapter number 5 and verse number 1. And what I'm reading here is 20, as we're getting into our midweek Bible study here, we are going into a story. And so I'm going to read quickly through 20 verses. Somebody say 20 verses. It's, it sounds like a lot, but um, if I can encourage you, I, w- I want to always be an encouragement. When you are getting into the Word of God, understand the stories that are unfolding. Uh, don't, uh, again, this is just as a suggestion, don't get into a habit of just, I'm going to speed read through it. And I want, has anybody ever done that? I'm just going to speed read through the Bible. And you try to read as much as you can, and you don't remember anything but the book of Matthew. You just remember the book name, that's it. Fall in love with the word of God. Slow down. Slow down and get into the word of God. Sometimes, has anybody ever read one verse and said, wow, that's so deep. That spoke to me. I need to look at this again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Do that. Don't be embarrassed about that. Don't feel like, well, I've got to read 217 pages of the Bible today in order. No, because you're not going to remember all that. This okay? I'm not telling you not to read your Bible. I'm telling you to slow down while you're reading your Bible or while you're listening so that you can understand what is taking place because that's how transformation comes. Nobody, nobody's getting anything if you're just speed reading and you're, oh, well, I read this, I read this book, I read that book. What, 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 what did you learn from it? Well, I, I don't remember exactly. I don't even remember what I read this morning. Slow down. Let the Word of God come to life. Let the Word of God come to life, and it will. And so Mark chapter number 5. Verse number one, and they came to the other side. Somebody say the other side. Of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. Verse number two, and when he, talking about Jesus, somebody say Jesus. When he had come out of the boat immediately, somebody say right away. There met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Somebody say he was demon possessed. Now think about this for just a moment. Jesus just steps on out of the boat and already he is met with a demon-possessed man. As soon as he steps out, opposition is there right away. This man, what, what does the Bible say about him? He had his dwelling among the tombs. He lived in the graveyards. He lived among the tombs. Nobody could bind him, not even with chains. How do they know that? Because they tried. Verse number four, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him. He was strong. Ladies, he was was strong, probably like your husband is, that strong. He was like that. Pulled up, don't laugh. Don't laugh. He just needs a Frito boat, that's it. And all of a sudden, been pulled apart by him. And the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. That's a bad man. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself 
with stones. I want you to get this picture. You talk about scary. Some of y'all get scared when your water bottle pops at night. Come on. So y'all start pleading in the name of Jesus. In the na- it's just Aquafina, baby. That's it. That's it. Think about this man howling in the night, crying out. You imagine trying to get some sleep and all of a sudden you hear this crazy demon-possessed man yelling in the middle of the night? Mm, yeah, that ain't working out too well. I ain't going to act super spiritual. I'd be scared too. When, but look at, look at his response. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. He ran and bowed down to him. So it wouldn't be like he was running the aisles. It wouldn't be that he was clapping his hands. But he came, even though he was bound, he was showing the respect and the reverence. He was bowing down. And he cried with a loud voice and he said, what have I to do with you? Jesus, son of the most high God, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Really quick, just for understanding, when you're reading through this and you see when it refers to Jesus as the son of of God, and where it says son of the most high God, it's talking about Jesus in the flesh. The son means expressed image of God. The flesh of Jesus I want to just put that out there. That does not mean that there is a separate person. And and if you're here today and you have questions about that, that is okay to have questions. There's Bible studies. We can walk through that and work through that. And I just want to put that out there for somebody because when you're reading it, sometimes it's like, Jesus, son of, well, so it says he is the son of God. Son, expressed image, expressed image, begotten, where the Bible says begotten, begotten means cause to exist. When did that happen? When he became flesh. When he became flesh. And so, again, I want to just point that out. And there are Bible studies. We can walk through that together. That's just something I want to point out. I don't want anybody to ever be confused as we're, as we're working through it. So this demon-possessed man is speaking. And he says, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. What a hypocrite. The spirit that is tormenting the man is speaking to the God that has all authority and says, don't torment me. Don't torment me. And then Jesus says to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And then he asked him to the man, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. A legion was 6,000 soldiers. A legion would be 6,000 soldiers. And he begged him earnestly, that he would not send them out of the country. Again, this evil spirit is trying to get a deal with Almighty God. I know I've been messing with this man. I know I've been tormenting him, but please don't torment me. Please don't kick me out of the country. Don't send me out of the country. But verse number 11, I'll read quickly through this. Now a large herd of swine, somebody say pigs, they're eating there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him. Somebody say, all the demons. What did they do? Begged him. Why were they begging? Because they know who's in charge. Send us to the pigs that we may enter them. And at once, Jesus gave permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the pigs. Somebody say, 2,000 of them. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. 
and verse number four. So those who fed the swine, those that were feeding the pigs in charge of the pigs, they told it to everybody in the city and everybody in the country, and they all went out to see what actually happened. Then they come to Jesus, and they saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion, the one that had all these demons in him, and he is sitting down, and he is clothed, and he is in his right mind. Then they were afraid. Verse number 16, those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the pigs. And they begin to plead with Jesus to leave from their area. And when he got into the boat, the one that was demon-possessed begged him that he might go with him. And Jesus says, Jesus doesn't give permission and says to him, go home to your friends. Tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And verse number 20, and he departed and began to proclaim. And he began to proclaim all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. With the help of the Lord for just the next few minutes this evening, I want to speak to you on this very simple thought. Storms, tombs, and pigs. Storms, tombs, and pigs. I know we worship together, but one more time, would you pray with me as we go into the word of the Lord together? Lord, I'm so thankful today that you've blessed us with strength and health and the opportunity to be in your presence together. God, I pray for an anointing upon your people today, upon this wonderful congregation. God, everything that has taken place, God, you are mindful of. You see and you know every name. You know every story, every background. You know what you are doing, God, well, beyond any of us. And, Lord, today as you would anoint us, we pray, God, for a special favor and blessing upon your people today. And as that would happen, I pray that you would remove error from my mind and from my mouth and help me to speak what you want me to say. Don't allow me to get in the way, but help me to help facilitate what you desire to do here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Somebody shout his name. You may be seated. What we read together in these 20 verses is the story of this man that was demon-possessed. But what is happening here in Mark chapter number four, just a few verses before this, Jesus has been teaching and he tells his disciples, there are crowds surrounding them, and he tells his disciples that we got to go to the other side. We need to go to the other side. Let's get in the boat and let's make our way. And as they do that, they are being obedient, and as they are here on the Sea of Galilee and they are making their way, all of a sudden there is a storm that begins to take place. Jesus is taking a nap. The creator, wouldn't you love to see that? Jesus taking a nap. Does he sleep on his side? Does he sleep on his stomach? Does he sleep on his back? Lord, is that really necessary? It's almost like God was taunting them. But he was in the flesh here in this moment, as we see and understand, as scripture shares. He was teaching and he was pouring out, and so naturally he was fatigued and he was tired, and he is there sleeping with the pillow on the bottom of the boat, if you would. And the Bible says that there was a storm that began. There was water and waves that began to rage. And the Bible says that it began to fill up the boat. 
It was already feeling, and Jesus was sleeping. It was already coming into the boat, but he didn't get up for it. He just stayed where he was, and finally the disciples look at one another and say, somebody has got to wake him up. Alas, master, do you not care that we are about to die? We are about to drown out here when we were just being obedient to what you asked us to do. Anybody ever feel like that? On your way in the middle of the journey and you come against opposition and it looks like everything is against you and you say, I'm just being obedient to what God asked. Why am I struggling with this? Why am I going through this battle? Why am I going through this difficulty? All the while, I don't get a word from God. He's asleep. He's not just asleep. He's asleep on a pillow. He's comfortable and I am fighting for my life. And the Bible says that they woke him up Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I want somebody to be encouraged today that your God just wakes up like that. They're worried and they're fearful, and it looks like it is the worst condition that the prince of the air can put them in. But my God and your God simply wakes up and rebukes the wind. He didn't need a warm-up. He didn't need time to prep. He didn't need time to get ready. He wakes up like this. He says to the wind, peace, be still. I know what you're trying to do, but I'm the creator. I'm the one that made you. I'm the one that formed you. I'm the one that spoke it. I want somebody to be encouraged on this Wednesday evening that you and I serve a God that doesn't need to be warmed up. You and I serve a God that doesn't need to be prepared. He already is. He is God almighty in the middle of the storm in the middle of difficulty, in the middle of trial, in the middle of insecurity, in the middle of areas of life that you don't know how it's going to work out, he wakes up. Peace be still. When our emo- I can hear the disciples screaming like little girls. I can hear them. Ah! I can see John on the edge of the boat. I can see Peter. Well, guys, we're all gonna die tonight. I can see. I, I can see them all just hanging. I can see one of them right there. You know, Judas. He was shady. Judas over there. He he already has it on. He's like, y'all are gonna die, but I will survive. He's the only one with a life jacket. And I kind of think I don't know this for sure, for sure, but I kind of think Jesus was kind of like play sleeping. Anybody ever remember that when you didn't want to walk into the house when you were a kid? Mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, your uncle, your aunt, whoever it was, they'd carry you. You didn't really want to walk. It was 15 steps, but you're like, and you hear them talking and they're tired, but you're like, you even fake drool. You do whatever you could. Your arm go limp. You'd be super dramatic too. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You'd be slumped over. Throw in a shake. Oh, poor baby, he's so exhausted. He's so tired. And you're like, as they're carrying you, you're just smiling. 14 years old, being carried, smiling. I can see Jesus just in the back of the boat, like, these guys. Who picked these guys? And he speaks to it, 
and they make it to the other side. And you would think, think about it, you're the disciple just like you are now. You and I are believers. And I don't, I don't, I don't mean any, I don't want to have any problems when I get to heaven. It's hard enough to make it down here, right? So when I start talking about the disciples, I better be careful. I might be sitting by them when we get up there. But you can just imagine, there's just regular guys like you and I, and they finally make it to the shore, and Jesus gets out of the boat, and all of a sudden, there's this crazy man who the Bible says, he's not clothed, this crazy man running at them, screaming, saying, who knows what he's saying. They can't even understand it. And I can just imagine the disciples being like you and I. I'd get behind Jesus. A lot of the disciples were young. A lot of them were young. I, I can see them. I'd get behind Peter. You got your shank? I got you. I got you. All right. Just want, just want to be ready. Peter will throw it down. Get behind Peter. I can, see, I, I can see him like, oh, Jesus, get him. Get him, Lord. Get him. Get him. Not built for all that. I'll pray from a distance. I believe in deliverance from way over here. And here comes this man. But even though he's possessed, he can't help it. He falls at the feet of Jesus. Because there is only one that has all authority. There is only one that has all power. There is only one that has all dominion. I don't care how scary it looks. I don't care how much fear is present. There is only one that is in complete control and everything else must bow to him. It doesn't matter how big and scary it is. It doesn't matter how it sounds. It all must bow to him. And here it is, this man, the demoniac, runs and he falls at the feet of Jesus. And, and you can just imagine all the disciples, they're, they're kind of standing back. They're like, Jesus, this is all you. This is all you. You try to kill me over there in the storm. I barely made it onto shore. And now we got this drama. Think about it, y'all. As the disciples, you would have to think, what did I get myself into? Everywhere I go, there's always this drama. I can't escape it. God, why are you always looking for the dramatic? God, why? As I think about it, I look at James and John and say, why did we even have to come over here? He said we must go to the other side. Our all-knowing God knew there would be a storm that would make an attempt. Our all-knowing God knew that he would be met with a demoniac. Do you mean to tell me that he welcomes the drama? Do you mean to tell me that he's not afraid of how dirty it is? That he's not afraid of how scary it seems? That it doesn't matter how fearful others may be? It, you don't think, you don't think that somewhere along the line he was already aware that if you go to that side, there's going to be a man that howls. There's going to be a man that can bust chains off. You don't, you don't think he already knew, but yet he was drawn to it and said, I got to go to the other side. What am I saying on this Wednesday evening? I'll put it to you like this. The God that you and I serve is not scared of any of our drama. The God that you and I serve is not scared of any of our issues. The God that you and I serve is not scared of any of the dysfunction. The God that you and I serve is not scared about your reputation. He is not scared about what you've been through. He is not worried. He does not get afraid. He looks for it. 
He said, I know I've taught all night. I know I'm tired, but I have to go to the other side because there's somebody on the other side that I've got to minister to. There's somebody, I'm preaching to somebody today because I feel like on a Wednesday evening, God has showed up and he said, I need to go to the other side today. I need to find somebody that's struggling. I need to find somebody that's battling. I need to find somebody that's going through it. I need to find somebody that's worn out. I need to find somebody that nobody wants to be with. I need to find somebody that feels like they've been bound for a long time. I need to find somebody that's been going through difficulty and they don't have a way out. I got to go to the other side. That's the God that we serve. We don't serve a God, Dana, that doesn't want to get his hands dirty. We don't serve a God that says, no, that's too much for me. Did you hear him How? No. Do you see the chains on that guy? No. Do you see the struggle of that lady? No. No. The God that you and I serve looks at that and says, you're the one I came for. You're the one I'm looking for. I know your reputation. I know your story. I know your struggles. I know your sins. But that's why I'm here today. I came to the other side for you. And this man is here. And the demons in this man know who Jesus is and they speak to him and they say are you here to torment me I need somebody to understand this today are you here to torment me I've been living amongst the tombs I've been having this man among dead things I I, I have taken control of his life he doesn't want to be this way but I've taken control of him I'm the one dominating his life. But when Jesus shows up, hear me, when Jesus shows up, the one that thought they were in charge, the one that thought they had complete control, I need somebody to get this today because you've been feeling like there's opposition in your life and you feel like the enemy is against you. I want to remind you, when Jesus asked him his name, there wasn't just one of them. He said, we're legion, Josh. Because we're many. I can see the disciples take another step back, say, oh, santo, santo. Ay, Jesus. Ah, santo, 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 santo. I can see them walking back and forth. I can see one of them probably on the boat. <laughs> hey, we're good. Let's go to the other side again. Did you hear? I could hear the growl in his voice. Legion. I can hear it. But I I need you to understand it. Though there may have been many, they were no match for the one that was demanding answers. I know you've been running it. I know you've been running it all this time. I know you have them dominated and bound and he is living here amongst the tombs. But when Jesus shows up, He's demanding answers. What's your name? Legion. Because we're many. There's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. It's been over the years. There's been some time that we've spent in him. We've developed some strongholds. It's not just one or two. Let me say it to you like this. It's not just chaotic. It's not just random. It's organized. It's organized. We know exactly what we're doing as a legion, just as an army would. However, I don't care what army you come stepping with. 
Because when Jesus shows up, you'll have to keep on marching. Because when Jesus shows up, he begins to speak to, ah. Oh. He said, he said, I'm legion for we are many. But notice what Jesus says. He says, I'll speak to one the same way I speak to 6,000. Get out of him. Get out of him. Get out of him. And the unclean spirit has to go from him. And notice, notice, these spirits have to, uh, hear me, have to ask permission. He says, please, I need you to hear the tone of this. Because the, the, the same spirits that come against you and come against me, the same spirits that try to intimidate that try to antagonize, that try to dominate, that, tr that they try to put you in a position where you're afraid and put you in a position where you won't step out in faith. Those are the spirits that I'm talking about. They know where they stand. They know where they stand. And so they have to ask permission. Please, don't send us out of the country. We've been working in this territory for a long time. Don't leave us from this territory. Don't send us out from this territory. We spent a long time right here. Would you, would, you, would you just send us to the pigs? They have to ask permission. Why does that matter? Well, I'll tell you why. Because that means, and it is a reminder to you and I again, through the word of God, that everything must answer to God. It does not matter how in charge they appear to be. It does not matter how fierce they appear to be. Everything must answer to God. God looks at them and he gives them permission to go into the pigs. And I move quickly tonight. He gives them permission to go into the pigs. And these, this is obviously a Gentile area. This, this, this is not a Jewish community. These are Gentiles here as they are raising pigs. This is, this is their resource. This is, their, this is how they make money. This is what they are doing. 2,000 pigs are here. And the Bible says that the spirits ask. They beg God to be in the pigs. And God allows them to be in the pigs. And they take over the pigs. And the Bible says that they run off. And they drown in the water. The man is there. He has just been liberated. He has just been set free. But the only thing that the community cares about are the pigs. The Bible says, we read this together, that those that fed the swine see what happens and they turn around and they begin to tell the country, and they begin to tell the city, what just happened? What did Jesus do? I want somebody to be encouraged today. The enemy thinks that he's in charge, but what he doesn't realize is that God is going to manipulate what he was doing in such a manner to give glory to God himself. What, what are you saying? These demons that were in the man now go to the pigs, and the pigs now drown, and it is the pigs that, that cause a reaction. It wasn't the man howling. They weren't afraid because the man was howling. They got upset because the pigs were killed. 
God uses the fact that they're angry about the pigs dying to get a response, hear me today, about what he can do. Because when the pigs die, all of a sudden, they start talking about the power of God. The Bible says that they go into the city and they go into the country and they start talking about what just happened. And the Bible says that all of them came to see what took place. I have come on this Wednesday evening to tell you, though there are some difficult circumstances that you are going through, though there are some opposition, there is opposition in your life, I believe tonight that God is wanting to use those things to turn around, to bring victory and to bring glory and to bring revival in your life and revival in the lives of others. He will use pigs. He will use problems. He will use tombs. He will, hear me, he will use storms because he wants them to understand and know that I have the power to do anything. There is nothing that is too hard for the God that you and I serve. And I'm encouraged today because the same God that spoke to the man with legion is the same God that speaks to you and I. And what I mean today is it would be easy to look at a man with, that is possessed by demons and say, oh, that's not me. But the truth is, though it may not be possessed, there are many things in our life that we are given to. There are many things that have our heart, that have our attention, that have our energy, that have our effort. And it is God that can speak to those things that you, that you are troubling with, that you are going through, that you are fighting with. It is God that can speak on a Wednesday evening to your situation the same way that he can look at a man filled with a legion and look at you and say, come out. Be healed. Let there be hope. Let there be strength. Let there be life today. Let there be encouragement today. Let there be healing. I, I, I want somebody to get it. The same God that can look at a man that is demon possessed can look at your sickness and say, be healed. The same God that can look at somebody that is demon possessed can look at your situation and tell you it is not over. I am working on your behalf. I am doing something that only I can do. And as the, I won't be but a few more minutes as the city comes out and they begin to look and they begin to look at the man to see what had happened. This is what the Bible says, that he was there sitting and clothed in his right mind and they were afraid. And those who saw it told them, verse number 16, how it happened to him who had been demon possessed and what happened with the pigs. He is there sitting and clothed in his right mind. I want somebody to get a hold of this. The enemy had control of this man. The enemy had complete control of this man, but it only took Jesus a moment to liberate him. Why does that matter today? Because you and I are praying for family, for friends, for situations that the enemy has taunted you about, that the enemy has told you, I've got control of them. I've got control of this. I'm in complete authority over it. You'll never break this cycle. You'll never get out of this mess. You'll never have enough. You'll never have enough power. You'll never have enough authority. Those are all lies from the pit of hell. 
Those are all lies from the pit of hell. The God that you and I serve can step onto the scene. He simply steps onto the shore. That Those demons had their time for a long time. But as soon as Jesus shows up, he says, it's over. It's different now. I'm about to do, I don't know what that situation is in your life, but I've come to tell you that same God is here on this Wednesday evening. Those same prayers that you're praying, those same things that you've been believing. I haven't seen it different. All I could hear is the chains rattling. All I could see is the figure moving throughout the evening, but little did I know as soon as Jesus showed up, as soon as Jesus stepped in, he began to change what the enemy had control over. He began to show me that there is no one that has authority over him. I need somebody to keep praying. I need somebody to keep believing in it. I need somebody to keep holding to the word of God, keep believing and trusting him. And the Bible says, you can stand with me. I'll be just here a few more moments. The Bible says that when they saw this, then they were afraid. And they look at Jesus. Jesus has just performed a miracle. He has just liberated a man that was possessed. And they look at Jesus. And they, they, the Bible says they plead with him. Would you leave from here? They valued the pigs more than they did Jesus. They valued the money they could make. They valued the comfort of their life. They valued the resource that they had become accustomed to. They valued those things. They were okay with him being possessed as long as they had their pigs. They were okay with him wandering through the tombs as long as they had their pigs. And they asked Jesus, they plead with him, would you leave? And do you know what Jesus did? He left. He left. But what I'm encouraged by is that Jesus thought the trip was worth it because of one demoniac. Jesus looked into the same eyes of those men and women that were asking him to leave. They didn't ask for a miracle. They said, would you leave from here? I see your power. Would you go from here? And Jesus says, yeah, I'll leave. But you can't deny what I've done. Yeah, I'll leave. But I need you to understand, and I want my disciples to know, I made my way over here for one individual. I made my way over here on Wednesday evening for one person that was struggling. I made my way over to the other side for one person that didn't have it right, for one person. He wasn't cleaned up. He didn't, I want you to understand this. He was not in his right mind. Nobody would have, nobody would have picked him as the next missionary. Nobody. But Jesus said, we got to go to the other side. Why? I hear somebody crying. I see, I see somebody distraught. I see somebody struggling. Jesus, why is this storm trying to take us out? Why is this storm trying to make its way? Oh, it's just trying to get in the way. Because the enemy knows on the other side, there's a man that's about to be liberated that's going to change the world. On the other side, there's a man, everybody knows him and as a label, he's the crazy one. He's the demoniac. But what they don't know, he's actually the missionary that's going to be reaching the Decapolis. What are you saying? That same man comes to Jesus at the very end of it. 
Jesus says, I'll leave. Y'all want me to go? That's fine. I won't stay where I'm not wanted. But just know you can't deny what I've done. And I can see Jesus getting in the boat. And I can see that precious man running up to Jesus. Don't leave me here. I don't want to stay with these people. They care about pigs more than they do me. They were fine with me living among dead things. They were fine with me cutting my body. They were fine with me struggling. He says, please take me with you. Would you let me go with you? What you've done in my life is undeniable. I've never had joy like this. I've never had hope like this. I've never felt this kind of peace before. And Jesus looks into the eyes of that liberated man. He says, no, I'm sorry. I can't, let you, I can't let you go with me. I need you to stay here. And I need you. Go home. Tell all your friends about it. Tell them what the Lord has done for you. I need you to understand, sir, they're kicking me out. They want me to go. But what they don't know is I had just done something in you that is going to change this entire region. And I know you're struggling, and I know you're battling, but I want you to know, friend, I'm going to give you the grace that you need to stay where I'm asking you to stay. It don't make sense where I'm at. It doesn't seem right where I'm at. No, it may not right now. But I'm going to give you what you need to continue where you are. Go home. Begin to share with everyone you know. And the Bible says that he did. And he began to proclaim it. And he began. This is what the Bible said. He departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis. This is 10 cities, 10 towns, 10 areas. All that Jesus had done for him. And this is what the Bible says. Even though they told Jesus to go, this man stayed and began to proclaim the gospel, what Jesus had done, the good news of what Jesus had done. And the Bible says that all marveled. I'm preaching today to amazing people that some of us are at different parts of the story. But I have come to tell you today That God looks into the eyes of men and women here present right here at Revival Church. Those joining us online as well. He says, I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to give you the grace to continue on where you are. Just share what I've done in your life. What do you mean? They're kicking me out. They don't want me here. But what they don't realize is what I have started in you, Todd. What I have started in you, Josh. What I have started in you. And what I've begun in you is about to spread to areas that I haven't even walked on. But it's going to be your voice. It's going to be your hands. It's going to be your feet. It's going to be you proclaiming it right now with your hands lifted all over the sanctuary. All over the sanctuary. Going through storms. going through opposition but you're exactly the one that Jesus came over for I must go to the other side what are you doing on Wednesday night Lord 
What, 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 what are you saying on this Wednesday evening? I'm coming for somebody today that doesn't feel like they're worthy, for somebody that feels like they've been overwhelmed. It might be sickness. It might be opposition. It, it may be your health. It may be finances. I, I don't know what it may be. You know what it is. But today on this Wednesday evening, God said, I've come to the other side. Let them know I'm making my way to the other side for them today. That I hear them. That I see them. That I know them. And I care for them. I'm going to give them the grace that they need. I'll liberate. I'll strengthen them. I know what you're going through with your family. I know what you're going through with your job. I know what you're going through mentally and emotionally. I see those things and you are not by your. I feel like I'm alone in the tombs. I feel like I'm among dead things. I feel like nobody cares and nobody listens and everybody is more concerned about what they can do to add to their life even though they see mine struggling. But today, Jesus came to the other side Jesus came to the other side and he's come to minister to you. He's come to lock eyes with you, sir, and lock eyes with you, ma'am. Right here today on this Wednesday evening as we begin to worship and entertain the presence of the Lord. That same God that would set that man free has come to liberate you. He's come to encourage. He's come to strengthen. On this Wednesday evening, He's come to remind you that you are not by yourself and you are not alone, that his eyes have always been on you, and that he has come to strengthen you today. He has come to encourage you today. What you're battling, you will not battle alone. I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to give you the grace. I'm going to give you what you need today. I know it's you all alone. I know it's you by yourself. But today I'm coming to the other side, and you're worth it. I, 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 I don't feel like there's anything to my life. I don't feel like I have any value. I'm just bound. I'm just here in the tombs. But God says, oh no, you're worth more than you realize. You are more important than you've ever imagined. You mean more to me. You mean more to this area. You mean more to that revival. You mean more than any other person. Because you're the one. You're the one that will proclaim it. You're the one that will share it. You're the one that will give and say it. It's you today.